an almost pure white area, if not totally pure white area. So this kind of light is basically backlight, since the sun is straight in the image, straight to the top and slightly left of the image, and backlighting all of the buttes and all the rock formations that we have in this image. This is a vertical image taken with a wide-angle lens uh, on a Hasselblad camera. The interesting aspect of this image is that it's obviously a foreground background, this being the foreground here, all of this area here, and this here being the background. And then, of course, we can consider this butte here and that butte here, and perhaps to some extent this butte here that I call the tipis as being the middle ground. So we could say foreground, middle ground, and then background here, roughly. But it's a really a foreground background view. And the thing of the aspect of this image that I wanted to attract your attention to is the size of the foreground. 401, the foreground stretches from the right side to the left side of the image, so from the left side to the right side of the image. And if you look at the foreground as a vertical shape, stretches up to here, which is, you know, if you divide the image in three, let me bring the rulers here, that would be about almost three-fourths of the image, just a little bit under three-fourths of the image. That's how big this foreground is. If we were to divide the image in one, two, uh, I'm not very good at this, <laughs> um, one, two, three, and four, it's literally almost three-fourths of the image that this foreground would be, um, roughly. You know, this is not scientific, this is an artistic measurement. But the point that I'm making here is how big this foreground is, side to side, from left to right, and three-fourths of the image height in height, which means that when you look at the background, which is still fascinating, I think it's a very beautiful background, we really have only the background covering one-fourth of the image, okay? A little bit more if we count the fact that the foreground also extends in these two areas here, which would be closer to, let's say, one-third, okay? So one-fourth in height to the peak, if we divide it like this, but one-third in height to the side, if we divide it like that, okay? A little bit more here because it's slightly lower. So there is some variation, and I think to some extent this variation helps because if we had a vertical, uh, sorry, an horizontal foreground line ending the foreground, we might not find this combination as pleasing. But the fact that it's a pointed foreground like that, uh, and that it merges into this semi-middle ground butte until it reaches the background area totally, I think creates a variety. So it's not totally covering three-fourths of the image, it's actually covering one two-thirds and then three-fourths here, two-thirds here and three-fourths here, and a little bit less than two-thirds, maybe slightly over one-half on the right side. So it, it helps, because otherwise it might be too big. And again, who is to say? It might not be too big. It might just be fine. So all over the place, what we have is an enormously impressive foreground, very, very big foreground. Now, is the use of that much space to give to the foreground justified? 
I think it is. And it is because this rock is very interesting. For one thing, there is this diagonal line here that follows the rock, which literally is a diagonal line across the image. If we continue that line up above, like I did here, we can see that it starts almost to the bottom left, meanders its way like this, and then if we continue, it would logically extend to the top right corner of the image. So that's one thing. The second thing is that you also have these two diagonal lines here that form a sort of pointed shape. And then the third thing is we have all of these very interesting shapes in this rock. You know, there is all of these patterns that each, you know, is interesting in itself. And of course, here we're looking at a very small size image. But in a large print, which this image is meant to be, you can imagine the attention that the viewer would spend on the study of all these details. There's really a lot of little details. And I'm trying to draw some of the lines here. And you can see how many of these lines there are. And I'm, I'm moving quickly and I'm missing some of them. There is there's a wealth of, of patterns here. And the patterns have a sort of direction that goes like this. Okay, If we simplify it, the patterns go like this. So very interesting. And then, not to be discounted, the pointed shape of this rock. Now, why is the pointed shape important? Because every rock in the foreground, uh, sorry, in the background, which I like to call the tipis, have a pointed shape. And so, in other words, these tipis in the background follow the shape of the foreground. That is, we have a sort of repetition of these little pointed shapes, and that becomes see all of these patterns here and here and all of these lines you know and the eye can wander around you know I drew some lines also on the left side I'm going to shrink it so we can see everything and the eye is now wandering around the image you know really trying to see everything that we have to see and of course the teepees are still very important but they are by 17 here we go 6 by 12, 4 by 5. That's the difference of formats between these three images. And I'm going to take out the scene from the exact same standpoint, the exact same location.